Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Divorce Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilosoff, and I'm your host. I'm the founder of Divorce Girl Smiling, the company that helps people facing divorce connect with trusted, vetted divorce professionals. We're also a podcast, a website, a mobile app, and I offer the free consult. So getting divorced with children is, if I had to guess, probably one of the biggest reasons people decide not to divorce because they're so worried about their kids and their studies that show that kids might be affected later in life. And so that might be preventing people from getting divorced. That's how much people worry about their kids during divorce. So I wanted to spend this episode helping you help your child deal with divorce. And to do this, I have a great guest and her name is Elle Barr. And Elle is a GAL and a GAL is a guardian ad litem. So Elle's entire practice is focused on serving as a court-appointed guardian ad litem in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, where she helps represent and advocate for kids. And hi, Elle. Hi, it's so great to be here. I'm so glad to have you. I've never had a GAL on my podcast. Well, I'm sure I've had lawyers on the podcast who are also GALs, but I've never really gotten into it about their role as a GAL and why that's important. So I want to tell my listeners, you've been doing this for 20 years. Tell my listeners exactly what you do as a GAL. I'm so happy you asked, and I would love to share what the role of a GAL is. GAL, as you said, is an acronym for guardian ad litem. A GAL is court appointed. So it is a court appointed attorney. And my role as a GAL is to serve as an arm of the court. I conduct an investigation into the facts, the circumstances, and all the relevant issues and matters of the case. Um, when I'm appointed as GAL, I do a thorough and comprehensive investigation. And what that requires is reviewing all the filings, meaning the entire docket from start to finish. So if I'm being appointed post-judgment of divorce and the case started in 2011, I'm going back all the way till 2011 and going up to date, reviewing every motion that was filed, every application made to the court. And in addition to reviewing the docket, I obtain collaterals. And what I mean by obtaining collaterals is I reach out for medical records, for educational records, for records from the therapist, and any other records that are important to the case. I also interview each attorney. So I'll meet one-on-one -on -one with the attorney for the mom, the attorney for the dad. I reach out to the teachers, therapists, friends, employers, grandparents. I've had parents ask me to reach out to neighbors. Um, I will reach out to anyone who is important in the child's life. The most important interview I conduct though is my one-on-one -on -one with the child. And I will usually do two or three one-on-ones before I draft and submit my report to the court. I like to see the child 
with mom. I like to see the child with dad. And then I like to see the child in a neutral location, whether it's at a park or at school. Um, I pull all of my documentation together. I synthesize that information from the interviews, from the research, and I report my findings with a, recommend with a recommendation to the court with what I believe is in the best interest of the child. And included in that report is also the child's wishes and the child's position. So when I meet with the child, I will ask them and I will sit with a notebook and I will say, I wanna know from you what you want, how you want your life to play out. What is going on with transferring from mom's house to dad's house? How does that make you feel? And verbatim, I will write down every single word that they say, and I will show it to them. I will let them sit right next to me as I'm writing. And what that does, it, it, it validates them. It makes them feel heard. And then I include that in the report. I may not be fully aligned with their wishes and position. It may not be in their best interest, but they are finally heard. And that gives them a lot of relief and it helps move the process along. And a guardian ad litem role, it's very, very important. People don't necessarily understand what the role is. And over the years, I've helped hundreds of children going through a divorce process. And I have a lot of tips and resources that I'm very excited to share. I am so like in awe of this whole thing I just heard, because it sounds like you've dedicated your entire career to really giving children a voice and making sure that they come out okay or as best as possible in the divorce. I just love it. Now, I also want to mention to my listeners that Elle is a mom. You have two kids, right, Elle? I have three. Oh, okay. <laughs> three kids. And then also, Elle is a judicial education coordinator for the company Our Family Wizard, which is a Divorce Girl Smiling trusted partner. And I think it's important to bring this up because you have chosen to take on this role with Our Family Wizard because you believe in the app and how much it helps families. I do. Um, it's no secret. A divorce or separation is incredibly difficult. Parents come into the process and they are emotionally overwhelmed. They are uncertain and they are unprepared to deal with all the complexities and all the responsibilities that come with shared parenting. With Our Family Wizard, the app provides parents with all of the co-parenting tools that they will ever need so that they can raise their children in two separate homes and that they can communicate effectively. They could schedule and include both, include each other in all of the scheduling and manage all of the shared expenses without conflict. And what we know is that the unmanaged conflict during a divorce or separation, that, that is what harms children. And that is what we want to protect. And that's what we, that's the main, why I'm with Our Family Wizard. It's a mission-based company. They truly, truly deeply care about helping children and helping parents raise healthy, resilient, and confident children. Well, I love Our Family Wizard too. And I've since they became a Divorce Girl Smiling Trusted Partner, I have really looked into the app and seen all of the features it offers. And it is so worth it. And I can't believe it either 
didn't exist or I didn't know about it when I was getting divorced. And I sure wish I would have because I could have saved so much stress and I could have had such a better co-parenting relationship with my ex, which would have in turn been better for my kids. So with that said, I want to get into the article you wrote for Divorce Girl Smiling called How to Help a Child Deal with Divorce. And your article was wonderful, Elle. You started off with signs that your child is struggling during your divorce. So tell me about some of the signs that you see that help you determine that a child truly is struggling. What we know and what I've seen over the years is that a divorce or separation can be traumatic for children. Um, the two things that make the process traumatic are the unmanaged conflict and the parent's inability to meet the needs of their child. And to answer your question, how do you know if your child is struggling? It's hard. And when you are in it, sometimes you are so, so focused on your own emotions, your own feelings, the process, that you may not pick up on some little signs. So first and foremost, there are different signs depending on the age of the child. And each and every child is different, but on super high level for younger children, they may start regressing. So if you have a three or four-year-old and that three or four-year-old's been potty trained for months or maybe even a year, you may notice that that toddler starts having accidents or starts wetting the bed at night or wants their passy back. Um, for older children, for I would say school age, kindergarten, so ages five through fifth grade 11, you may see your child behaving differently. You may see your child express emotions that they have never ever expressed before, like anger or frustration. Um, they may start having unexpected ailments and you may start receiving phone calls from the nurse on a daily basis. We have your son back in the nurse's office. He's got another tummy ache. Your daughter's here again today. She has a headache. Um, so in addition to that, with school-aged, you may also notice with their personality, they may become more anxious or all of a sudden they're staying in their room and they're becoming quiet or depressed. And that's the first sign for middle school and up in high school. All of a sudden, you may notice some mental health struggles. You may notice that they are not coming out of their room. They do not want to talk to you. They don't want to discuss where they're going to live what school they're gonna go to, whose house they're staying at. They may just completely shut down. So you may notice uh, mood swings. You may also notice with school age and with middle school and high school that all of a sudden there's academic issues, behavioral issues. Um, they isolate themselves. They stop socializing with their friends. They become disrespectful, uncooperative. Um, and finally, just they refuse to communicate with you. I would keep an eye out depending on the age of your child, your child's personality, keep all of that in mind. And then when you pick up on it, you have to come up with a plan on how to address it and what you need to do to make sure that you could help your child deal with a divorce or separation. 
wow, there are so many things. And I'm so glad you brought all of them up because even as parents, even if you're not going through a divorce, kids continually are changing and you don't really know what, if it's the divorce or they're just changing. So it's really good to stay on top of it. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with Jackie Pilisoff. I'm here with guardian ad litem, L. Barr, and L and I are talking about how to help a child deal with divorce. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, as L mentioned, we'll talk about how to react and what you can do if you see your child is struggling. And then we're going to get into the three C's of co-parenting that I think you're going to find really helpful. We'll be right back. As parents, we often have gut feelings when something just isn't right. This can be especially true in co-parenting arrangements where one parent is struggling with addiction. If you're co-parenting with an ex-spouse who abuses alcohol, Soberlink can help. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they're not drinking during their parenting time. The system's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and your kids are able to maintain healthy relationships with both parents. If you want to sign up, you can go to Soberlink.com DGS, and if you sign up this way, you get $50 off. I also want to take a minute and recommend the firm of Varghese Somerset Family Law. They are out of Fort Worth, Texas, and I have to say, as I get to know these attorneys and this wonderful firm over the last several months, I am continually impressed by the passion, professionalism, experience, and dedication to the profession. There's an old adage that a divorce can be as expensive as you make it, and there's some truth to that. That's why understanding a client's goals is so important. Some marriages can be brought to an end amicably, and the goal is to do so as efficiently and cost-effective as possible. On the opposite end of the spectrum, both parties are at odds, and it may take a scorch-the-earth approach for which you must prepare. The team at Varghese Somerset Family Law Group have experienced handling both extremes and everything in between. They say there's no one-size-fits-all solution in family courts, and their team has proven results inside and outside the courtroom. If you want to find Varghese Somerset or Soberlink, you can find them in the Divorced Girl Smiling Trusted Professional section, and you can find Varghese Somerset at FamilyTexas.com. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff. I'm your host. I'm here with guardian ad litem L Barr. L has been a guardian ad litem for 20 years. She's also a judicial education coordinator for Our Family Wizard. And Elle and I are talking about how to help a child deal with divorce. And I I just love this podcast, Elle, because we're doing such wonderful work because this is the biggie when it comes to people going through divorce. Kids are everything. Kid, That's the most 
thing people worry about, I think. Agreed. A hundred percent. And when you're going through a divorce, you're terrified. Think of yourself as an adult. Imagine how your children feel. How's life going to change? What's going to happen to my family? Where am I going to live? You know, what's going to happen to the dog? What about my siblings? Where am I going to go to school? My friends, my activities. They need to be assured that everything is going to be okay. So let's get into what to do if you start noticing these signs, you pick up on them, and you know that your child is really struggling. Tell me what you can do. Well, first and foremost, I tell parents children need to be front and center. So when you notice that your child is struggling and you have concerns, you want to identify what those concerns are. You want to make sure that your child feels safe and that your child feels supported. Um, depending on the age of the child, you may want to have an open and honest conversation, have that heart to heart, try and get more information if they're willing to open up to you. Um, the three, it's not the three C's, but there's three um, steps that parents can take that I remind parents when they're going through this process and they bring to my attention that they are concerned for their child's well-being. And that is first, provide that safety. Make sure they know that they are safe. Second is to provide your children with consistency. That means giving them a routine, letting them know what to expect. And then third is stability. And stability is really, really important. And it goes hand in hand with safety. It's creating an environment that's nurturing, loving, and supportive. Okay, I want to get back to consistency because this is something I believe in, just learned it as a mother. Kids thrive with routine. They love when everything is relatively the same every day. And you know why that is? Because it makes them feel safe and normal because so much is changing around them. Don't you think, Al? A hundred percent. You are spot on. So what I want to tell my listeners is whatever you're doing while you're while you were married, Try to keep doing it, even though you're going through a divorce. Now, there's certain things, obviously, you're not going to go out to dinner as a couple with your kids anymore. But let's say you always went out to dinner on Saturday nights. Maybe you could keep doing it with your kids. Maybe you always do your homework together at three o'clock after school and all kids get together in one room. That's what we used to do in my house. Keep doing it. So keeping everything as normal as possible and having routines and a rhythm, these are things that kids know they can count on. So that's why that's so important. And right now there's so much change going on that is stressful for them. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I would just add in that children love feeling in control and knowing what to expect and consistency provides them with both that control and a reasonable expectation. And that's one of the reasons why consistency and providing those routines and rhythms and having you know dinner at a set time or a, what you mentioned, the examples of going out um, on a certain date, certain night, that is so, so important to ensure that your child is um, receiving uh, what your child needs so that your child can deal with a divorce or separation. Now let's get into a couple tips for stability that are more specific that you wrote here. Be available to listen and talk. So tell my listeners like how important, what's too much and what's not enough. 
your children are going to share with you what they want you to know when they feel safe and when there's that consistency and when there's stability. So if you are creating a home environment that is judgment-free and you make yourself available to them to be there, to listen, and to talk, and they are comfortable and they're encouraged to share their feelings, if they aren't in a stage where they are isolating themselves and in fear of the situation, they are going to come to you. And when they come to you, it's important to let them know that you want to hear everything, positive, negative. You want to know your, you want to know their thoughts, their feelings. You want to talk about the changes. You want to talk about expectations. And then What's most important is you want to validate and accept their feelings. You want to make sure that they know, regardless of how they feel, you love them, you accept them for who they are, and that you are there for them. Oh, I love that. Let's get into the part you wrote about the three C's of co-parenting. The three C's have been along, been around for a long time. Um in the family law community, people have different C's. I've taken the three C's that I think are most important, similar to the stability, consistency, and stability. The three C's that I think are most important in a, in a co-parenting relationship are the communication, the cooperation, and um, the ability to um, communicate, cooperate, and compromise. There's there's seven different C's. So those are the three that I think are most important. Communicate, cooperate, and compromise. All right. So we don't really, we, these are very obvious. We know what to do, right? But it's not easy. Let's say you're getting divorced because your husband or wife cheated. So there's a lot of anger and resentment. Well, it's really hard to be communicative and cooperate and compromise when you want to, you know, tell your spouse to go shove it and you can't even look at the person and you're so upset or, you know, just not even just cheating, but a resentment that comes with a newly separated couple is so intense and can be so emotional. And there's so much anger and bitterness. And what do you do? Like, how do you follow the three C's when you really cannot stand your ex? It's extremely challenging, but it is so important because what we know from research is that that unmanaged conflict during a divorce or separation, it has a traumatic impact on everyone and especially on the children. And we know from studies that children of divorce or separation, they are at increased risk of serious immediate as well as long-term um, health consequences, both mental and physical. So following these three, three C's, is the greatest gift you could give your child. But if you are really struggling and you cannot communicate effectively, you cannot cooperate, you cannot compromise, my first piece of advice would be to get on an app like Our Family Wizard, where you communicate completely and totally in writing with the assistance of artificial intelligence, our tone meter, which is an emotional spell check. It's gonna help you draft your messages. It's going to make your communications more effective and productive. You're going to have a shared co-parenting calendar where you could uh, streamline all of the scheduling, all of the events, the activities, the parenting schedules, birthdays, holidays, 
events, vacations, so on and so forth. And then you're going to have the expense log and the information bank, the journal. And now we have voice and video that's being released very, very shortly. It's an invaluable tool. So if you are struggling with communicating, cooperating, and compromising, get onto our family wizard, try it out, try it out for 30 days. It, I, I guarantee it's going to improve your co-parenting relationship. Okay, I want to tell my listeners an example of why you're so right. And it comes from my personal experience. So when I was getting divorced, now this was 17 years ago. I don't even know if there was texting yet, but I would call my ex and leave a message. And I would say, you know, hey, um, I have to go to this job interview. Do you think you could have the kids, you know, at three o'clock on Friday or whatever? And he would literally not answer me because he knew that he was hurting me, was going to cause me more stress. And he was so angry with me. Now, had I had our family wizard, I could have documented all of this because I could have texted him on the app asking him. And then our family wizard also has this like scheduling tool where you can ask for suggestions and changes and things like that. And your ex becomes accountable. So whether or not they want to co-parent with you, it kind of forces them and forces their hands. So they have to do it. It is a great, great tool. I love our family wizard. That is a, a wonderful suggestion. Thank you. I do too. I'm their number one fan. And I see it firsthand when I'm appointed as a GAL and I'm working with the families from the time I start until the time I end and the judge releases me as GAL, when the families are communicating on the platform, they are taking ownership because everything is documented. And that then leads to cooperation. It leads to more effective communication. And then finally, at the end, I start seeing the parents compromise. So in your example, we have a tool called the right to first refusal. So if a parent needs the other parent to step in and it's going to be six hours or 12 hours, whatever they've agreed to in their marital settlement agreement, where they need to reach out to the co-parent and give that co-parent the right to first refusal. They now go into the app. They fill out the right to first refusal um, request. They fill out the fields. They don't reopen the dialogue. They don't send a message because we know reopening the dialogue, all it does is invite the opportunity for conflict. So they fill out the fields. They send the request over to their co-parent. It is documented the date and time the request is sent. The co-parent will get the notification, open the request. The co-parent can approve, refuse, or counter. It's exactly set up like fantasy football. And then the parent who made the request will receive the response from the co-parent. If they've agreed and they've approved of the request, the calendar will update, the colors will change, and the parents have come to an agreement without ever sending a message or reopening the dialogue. And if they don't come to an agreement, if the other parent refuses, then that will be documented as well. Or if the co-parent counters and then they go back and forth, each and every reply and response will be documented until they come to an agreement or they don't come to an agreement. And that's just one, of, one example of the many tools that are on the platform to help parents follow the three Cs ourfamilywizard.com. And by the way, this is not an expensive thing. And for everything that you get with it, you will be delighted and it will make your life so much less stressful, so much easier, and it will help you co-parent even in the most high conflict and most resentful situations out there. 
Elle, this has been amazing. We're actually almost out of time, but I want you to offer my listeners a couple of the other tips that you recommended when your co-parent isn't following the three C's. And one of them you wrote is control your own responses. Tell me about that. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because it is really, really important to you for each and every one of your listeners to remember that you, like children, like to control the situation, you as the parent, you have complete control of your thoughts and your feelings and your beliefs. And what we know is that your thoughts, what's going on in your head, the narrative you created, that is then going to inform your feelings and your beliefs. And then your feelings and your beliefs are going to inform your actions. So do some self-editing, check in with yourself. Remember that this is all in your head. You're in complete control of that. So if you stay positive, if you stay focused on putting your children front and center, following the three C's, providing your children with stability, consistency, reliability, routine, then you are doing everything you could possibly do to ensure that you are helping your child deal with the divorce or separation. One thing that's so hard for people, I think, is that they they forget that they can't control their ex. So if you just focus on yourself and controlling and doing the right thing for yourself and your kids, it doesn't matter what your ex does because it's out of your control. Exactly. And it's okay to give yourself a time out. <laughs> And take some time to think about the situation or not respond immediately. Sometimes if I receive a really upsetting email, whether it's in a professional setting or if it's from uh, someone at the school, another mom, or it's something personal, I will. Now, if I feel emotional about it, I make a point to flag that email, put it aside, and not reply until I feel calm, until I've collected my thoughts, until I can be intentional and mindful in my reply. So that's a tip that I share with others that I think is really, really helpful. I love it so much. And the last thing is you wrote, cultivate love, kindness, respect, and positivity. Those are four words that I, they're four of my favorites. <laughs> Same. And, 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 that's the best childhood you could give to your family and to your children. Cultivate love, kindness, respect, positivity. If you do those four things and you keep the outlook focused on your child, your child is going to survive. Your child is going to make it through without being negatively impacted. And we know, we know from the research that divorce or separation is considered an adverse childhood adverse childhood experience if the parents are unable to manage the conflict and if they are unable to meet the needs of their children. So if you do all of the different things that have been mentioned throughout this entire podcast and then add on to that, show and share love, kindness, respect, and positivity, you are doing what children need most and you are going to give them positive experiences and you are going to help them become the adults that they were meant to be. I just thought of a great exercise you can do if you're listening to this podcast. So you might be walking, so you might have to do it later. But if you're at a place where you have a pen and paper or just put it in your phone, write down the words love, kindness, respect, and positivity. 
and just keep them around all the time and try to create that culture in your little family with your kids. And you cannot go wrong because you know what's going to happen? Your kids are going to grow up valuing love, kindness, respect, and positivity. And guess what? It will also help you with your life when it comes to everything, professionalism, dating, your friendships, everything else, not just kids. So Elle, thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast. I loved our conversation and I love all of the tips and advice that you gave people. Thank you for this opportunity. It was a true pleasure to be here today with you. If you want to learn more about Our Family Wizard, go to ourfamilywizard.com. If you want to learn more about L Bar, you can visit her website. L, what's your website? It's lbar.com. And if you want to find trusted, vetted divorce professionals or listen to more podcasts or read articles or sign up for my free consult, you can come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you real soon.